Hello and welcome to Social Circle. Social Circle was born from monthly get-togethers between friends and colleagues where we'd gather around for a few drinks and chat about the latest in social media marketing. We wanted to be better for ourselves, for our clients and just because we really love social media. So we decided to open up the circle to other digital marketers with a goal to take social to the next level and share inspirational, instant and actionable insights. We get together monthly to run through innovations and cool campaigns from the digital sphere. I'm Kirsty Smith and I'm joined by my co-host, my buddy and my partner in digital crime, Sally Hawksford. Hey Sally. Hey Kirsty. Welcome everyone to the Social Circle podcast. Our values are to learn, connect and share and we hope we'll bring together more digital marketers through our podcasts and live events. Hi guys, welcome to the first Social Circle of 2021. Happy New Year. I mean, not even sure if we can still say that, but Kirsty and I are back. Um, we took a little hiatus in December to eat lots of camembert brie and kettle crisps. Um, and now, yeah, we're back to take you through some innovations this month to kind of whet your appetite to go out and find some more information about what's happening out there. Hey, Kirsty. Hi, Sally. Um, I like the fact you mentioned two cheese uh, versus one savoury snack. <laughs> yeah, the two, uh, the kettle crisps were for dipping in the cheese once they had been melted. Um, <laughs> hence why we couldn't do Social Circle in December, <laughs> just a melted block of cheese. But, yeah. but um, so January's got off to a busy flying start in the term world of digital media and all the different innovations that are coming through. So, I suppose what we should do is just crack on, really, because it's um, it's a busy one. Absolutely. So we've got 10 things to go through. It's going to, it's going to be a whistle-stop tour, I'd say, this month because there is so much. So like you said, we'll just give you the top-line information on 10 things that have happened. I want to say over the last month, but it's over the last couple of months, so lots to catch up on. So without further ado, I'll get, I'll get cracking with number one. Cool. So, number one, Google Ad Grants for nonprofit organizations launched this month. So, this allows um, organizations to claim up to ten thousand US dollars every month to use on Google, and this is for text ads only. So, no display, no shopping, or YouTube. So, um, five steps to go through. So, I'll run through these really quickly to let you know if this applies to you and your, your non-profit organization. So, number one, you need to make sure you're eligible. So, you must hold a valid charity status and um, in your country. This must not be, you can't be a hospital, a medical group, a school, an academic institution or a university. But if you are another type of charity, you can apply for this. So, number one, see if you're eligible. Okay. Uh, number two, you need to then apply for a Google nonprofit account. So I'm presuming when you go through and apply for this, you'll get set up with your Gmail account, you know, your Google Drive and your regular mm-hmm. Google account. Then you submit the ad grant eligibility form, number three. And then number four, once that form has been completed, you just submit your activation request, which is step five. And then you can crack on and start setting up your ads with that grant. And so you said it was, is it up to 10 KUS dollars a month or is that the amount? I'm I'm presuming it's up to. And that would be your... Do you think they'll almost like not means test you, but kind of like assess and then give you how much your credit is a month and then you can just go ahead and start using it? Yeah, I'm presuming that's part of the going through the the forms and going through uh, the requests for the media spend. Um, I'm actually running this with one of my clients. This is why I know a little bit about Ooh. it. 
But um, so by next month, I'll be able to give you a little bit more information on this. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely... Um... We'll definitely come back on that next month. And what we will do, guys, is put the um, application, so the how to apply link in the show notes as well. So you can go through and check that out and more information if you are a not-for-profit. Fab. Cool. Um, So I'm up with number two. So this is a new social media app launch. It's pipped to be the app of 2021. Wait to see. Um, This is called Clubhouse. Um, so if anybody joined us on the social circle zoom call, we discussed this and actually, um, Kirsty and Dave, both who are both on the call had clubhouse. Um, so basically essentially what clubhouse is, is connecting people, but only via audio. It's currently in invite only, which they say it's only an invite only at the minute, just to manage the numbers. Um, it's really like dropping in on conversations and you kind of join or you could start a room. There's quite a few celebs on it. It's about 600,000 users on it at the minute. And you basically find rooms, so like conversations, based on your interests and who you follow. There is no video on it. Um, and it seems at the minute, and Curse will probably be able to give a bit more information on her use of it, but it seems almost a bit split, like B2C and b 2 um, B. So B2B users are using it for like live webinars or live conversations, almost like they do with a podcast. But I suppose the events industry utilizing this to kind of move what would have been an offline event to kind of online. Um, but then there is also this kind of celeb aspect and you've got kind of the likes of Oprah, Kevin Hart, Ashton Kutcher, et cetera, who are all really active on it. Um, and it allows you to kind of drop in and join in, like listen to the conversation. And I think you can also kind of ask to join that conversation. A follower does like a, a brand or a person doesn't have to accept you as a follower. But I think, curse forget me if I'm wrong, that they do have to accept you if you want to kind of join in the conversation and verbally speak. No, you don't need to be accepted. I'm still no. trying to get to grips with it. So you, there is the, the follower and following aspect of this, but you can also find rooms based on interests. So for instance, if I'm interested in Bitcoin, then you can follow <laughs> Bitcoin. And if people are talking about Bitcoin, then you can just drop into like an open group as such. So okay. you wouldn't need to be accepted into that. Sorry, I said group, a room. You wouldn't need to be accepted in. It's it's just open and you can drop in. And what I'm saying, if I wanted to then sort of like actually physically say something in the Bitcoin room? You you raise your hand. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And they choose whether to accept you and or not to join that conversation. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, yeah. So I'm guessing it is great, um, to have those two way conversations. You know, you and Oprah, for instance, could be having a bit of a a chinwag on a Wednesday. That does seem appealing. I just cannot see that Oprah is going to accept me, but you know, we can, you can always dream. Give it a go. Um, Yeah. So wait to see on how much this kind of grows. I think with the events industry, the way it is, I think that could be really interesting. I think obviously Clubhouse needs to get to a point when they can remove it from being invite only but definitely one to watch um yeah I mean what I really like about this is it feels like you're dropping in on a podcast yeah and and it's quite low barrier to entry you know you don't have to turn your video on you don't need to watch anyone so you can just be walking home from work or you know walk into the shops and just like just drop in and and listen into what people are saying without having to really apply or you know log into a zoom for instance and and show your face so I do I I do really think this has got some legs and I think it is one to watch in 2021. Definitely. I mean, is it really sad that, I mean, this just shows lockdown life, but I was like, could it listen to that whilst emptying the dishwasher? 
which I feel needs to <laughs> doing every five minutes. So, okay. Well, definitely one to watch. And actually, Kirst, you sent me an invite the other day, so I need to accept that and get the hell on it, really. Yes, please. Cool. Oprah, watch out. Um, so our third update. Now, this is a big one, um, but we are going to try and just give you the top level of it because appreciate – well, it does kind of affect everyone, but appreciate it's a meaty subject. So um, anyone who's kind of tuning in to this who works for a media agency or does anything within the paid social remit or paid media will know about the dreaded iOS 14 update. Um, So to just give you some top levels on this, so Apple um, will basically begin to ask all apps within the App Store to um, ask users to accept app tracking. So it's basically they've made a change to their app tracking transparency framework. Um, And what it will do is prohibit certain data collection and sharing unless that person has opted in. So kind of a bit how you opt into cookies on websites, you will now have to do that within apps. So um, basically, as as more people opt out of tracking, it just means ad personalization and the performance of ad reporting is going to become much, much more limited, particularly um, Facebook have particularly come out and not happy about this. It will affect Google. I think some of the guys on the Zoom call the other day were saying YouTube and, uh, sorry, Snapchat and Twitter were actually alongside it, but Facebook are really kind of against this. Um, Basically, it will also really affect your pixel. Um, so currently you can have custom conversions on any sort of Facebook pixel or even kind of on a TikTok pixel, etc. You will now only be able to have eight events on that pixel and you'll have to list them in priority order. And it will be your main priority um, kind of event that you will be able to track and report back on. You'll also be able to only have one pixel per um, URL, so her website domain. So if you are a website that's kind of um, something.com forward slash um, UK or forward slash um, US or something like that, that won't be, you won't be able to kind of operate like that anymore. And you are going to need to have only one ad account per domain, not multiple ad accounts based on agencies. So it really is kind of a little bit of a nightmare. This is something that Apple have been talking about, but it does keep getting pushed back. So I think it will happen, but whether the kind of media owners and publishers are going to get together and kind of agree something where they can move forward with this. Um, In terms of what you should do now is definitely look into this and how it's going to affect your direct business, but also verify your domain name in ads manager settings. And then once I believe once you've done that, you will get in an area where you can then set your eight preferred events and in that that priority as well. Um, And then that will allow you to kind of be a little bit slightly ahead of the game as and when this does come. But it's not it's not great. But I think it will definitely affect global teams massively, particularly affect people who own who are apps or who only um, advertise within app as well. So, um, yeah, it's all just a bit of a nightmare, really. I think it's all just a little bit unknown. Um, It will mean things like abandoned basket retargeting and retargeting in general becomes very difficult. And I think attribution as well is going to become really hard. I think. Facebook are going to default to a seven-day click attribution and their new attribution tool is almost kind of out of the window now off the back of this. So we are still waiting for, you know, full updates to come from each platform and from Apple in itself, really. Um, 
But I think the real concern is for particularly for agencies and for anybody who offers kind of paid media, it kind of almost just scuppers your whole what you've been selling and what you've been pitching for the last few years. So I think a big change is on the horizon and I think we're just going to have to adapt to it basically. Really good summary, Sally. And I, I think you're so right. We just need to see what happens and we'll be reporting on this again next month, won't we? I think so. I think basically our biggest kind of thing, what do you need to do is go and research it and how it's going to affect your company because to try and be as head of the game as much as you possibly can, I often then find sometimes you might need it. In the bottom of my heart, I'm really hoping it's like Facebook's campaign budget optimization that they just were going to make compulsory and then popped it in the bin. I just don't know whether that's going to happen. This is Apple we're talking about now. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stay on the Facebook topic, actually, and talk about something else that they're bringing in. And they have set a date for this of the 16th of February. So mid next month, they are talking about um, a new ad limit. So accounts are only going to be able to run 250 ads at any one time. And they've come out and said that this is to help manage the ad volume. And there are going to be different limits based on spend. So the ad limit guide is saying that if you are a small to medium sized page, so if you're advertising less than a hundred thousand US dollars in your highest spending month in the last 12 months, so that's you know, pretty much everybody that I work with, I don't, you know, that, you know, this is the most, I guess the majority of our, our listeners, this will affect them. Um, so you're only going to be able to have 250 ads in your account. And then that does go up. So if you're spending a million dollars a month, then you're allowed a thousand ads. <laughs> so, and for all your $10 million a month clients, you get 5,000 ads. <laughs> and then if you're spending 10 million or um, more a month, um, that is 20,000 ads. So um, Sally, how, how do you think, is this going to affect anybody you're working on? Um, well, I think, you know, I mean, obviously I'm batting off the 10 million and above clients at the minute, you know, they're just <laughs> knocking down the door. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, to be honest, I think actually this, this whittles out some lazy advertisers, particularly people who just boost posts um, and just boost them from the page and then it pulls through and you've just got all these multiple boosted posts. And then I think also people who they don't think in like a funnel campaign structure, they're just thinking of an, an ad by ad case scenario whereas really I think what Facebook are trying to do is make you structure your ads better so actually structure it around audiences and think right who are your awareness or top of the funnel audiences who are your consideration kind of middle of the funnel who are your conversion bottom of the funnel kind of people and build your ads into that rather than having a different campaign for each kind of Topic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, topic, yeah. And I presume that this is talking about campaigns rather than specific ads. So you could you have three campaigns running, for example, but actually at ad level you could have you could be split testing 15 different creatives. Yes. So this is ad level. So it, it's not really set any um, guidelines on how many campaigns, just your number of ads that you're running cannot go over 250. Okay. So that would still affect, if you had that three structure approach, that would still affect this, do you think? Um, depends on how many ad sets and how many ads, but mm. um, yeah, it, you can actually, in fact, I will link it. There is a dashboard that you can go to that shows all of your different ad accounts or all, all of your different clients and how many ads they're currently running. Mm. 
Um, Yeah, so you will be able to see how many. And I think that on the 16th of February, you know, it it will cut off the last, it it will cut off, sorry, down to 250. So please be aware that that is coming. So go and check. Yeah, definitely. Because I suppose if you've got more than those running, what's going to happen is, are they going to just cut off the the kind of the lengthiest? So the ones that have been running for the longest or? Yeah, they haven't said. They really haven't said. Mm. They haven't said if it's like the, the most recent or the ones that you set up first. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think that's really interesting. And I think actually it does push for better structuring. Um, and obviously, but I mean, my agency do offer paid media, but I think it just whittles out some people that just have a bit of a go at paid media. Do you know what I mean? Where people, the particular agencies that are offering it and they just have all these different ads, it's forcing people to actually think about the structure and the theory and the strategy behind an ad campaign before just sending it live. I think this also goes hand in hand with these um, iOS updates coming as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just trying to streamline everything and simplify. Um, it's probably also worth noting here a strategy that I had in mind was, oh, well, I'll set up another ad account. So if, for instance, I run a really complex uh, paid media strategy and I do need over 250 ads, I did think I'll set up a second ad account with a second pixel. But unfortunately, you know, that isn't going to be an option because back to what you were saying, yeah. Sally, you only going to be able to have one account per domain yeah yeah and then the pixel issue that you've got as well so yeah he's making it all a little bit streamlined I wonder I mean there is a concern as an agency I suppose because I mean really I suppose the client should own the ad account and pay the bills etc and the agency should just be added as a partner but you know this could force a lot of people just to go we're going to do it in-house and stuff like that so be interesting to see I suppose some of these volumes of these ads like we talked about iOS 14 it's going to hit the global teams quite big because they might not be running 250 ads but over all of the countries and if they're now going to have to do it from one ad account that can that that number could soon add up kind of thing Definitely. I guess here there's that argument then if you do work um, in e-commerce like myself, thinking about actually setting up different domains for different countries. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a .com um, website, do you need to, do you actually need to build, you know, um, different websites to service your different markets and then have an ad account and a pixel and a website for each market rather than trying to do it globally from your .com? Yeah, and I think in the show notes I will put for the iOS update, I did see uh, Kirsty's agency, Digital Kate, did a good roundup on the iOS 14 update, particularly from an e-commerce point of view. So we'll put, we'll put that in the show notes because it was really useful. Oh, thank you. Cool. So um, on to number five, um, and this is an update from Instagram directly, and they're actually launching a professional dashboard. Now, this is something that has been rumoured and coming for a while that Instagram will look going to launch analytics But basically, this area will allow you within the Instagram app to kind of look at, track your performance, how you can grow your business, aka how you can run ads probably, um, and then stay informed. So it will give you kind of news and updates that's coming from Instagram, um, just so and you don't always have to log into kind of Instagram business and Instagram business blog. So this is just an area that's going to come within Instagram. Um, Kirsty and I were discussing this because this has actually, some of these metrics have been available in Creator Studio. So we're a little bit surprised that Instagram have kind of brought this out 
separately but I don't know whether a lot of people use creator studio or know about creator studio particularly as well if they don't use Facebook so I don't know whether this is just them then giving it you just for kind of Instagram users and and kind of in-app Instagram users but definitely kind of a welcome addition because the analytics on Instagram have never been particularly great so um, hopefully that will improve with this new kind of dashboard. Yeah this is a confusing one for me because At the end of last year, we were talking about Instagram or Facebook's family of apps or coming under one one, um, one inbox, for instance, and everything coming together. And then Instagram said that you, late last year, that you didn't need to have a Facebook page to run ads. So I think, you know, they've realized that a lot of small businesses or a lot of businesses just use Instagram and have no interest in Facebook and then might have a dormant Facebook page just to run their ads on Instagram. True. So yeah. I think, yeah, they're just doing, they're just um, listening, aren't they, to what people are after and they're just setting up a place just on Instagram to help you grow your business. Yeah, I think they are kind of, the app, the family of apps can be connected or they can work in isolation, I suppose, as well, um, which, you know, I don't think is a bad thing. I do wonder, though, like we're saying, because obviously we talked oh, I think back in September, October about business suite that Facebook had launched. Um which I actually use for community management, which is really good because it does create that one inbox around messages and comments across Instagram and Facebook, which I think is really useful. But then you've also got Creator Studio, which you use for scheduling, and now you've got this. You're kind of like, is there not just something that you could just simultaneously create? And if you've got two, if you've got a Facebook and an Instagram account, you just connect the two. It just feel like that. But, you know... I think the fact that they're just giving better performance and better analytics to Instagram, you know, small businesses on Instagram is only a good thing. Definitely. Definitely. And I will stick with Facebook or the Facebook group because Facebook have come out just this week, a couple of days ago, to announce they are launching Facebook News. So Facebook News, they're calling it or their official quote is building a more personalized news experience and this will live on the main Facebook app so I believe it's going to be pulling together all of the news outlets that you follow and I think this is the way this is a way of Facebook almost I don't know you know tackling fake news or Mm. um, allowing more prestigious um, news bodies to come together to to share their stories so some of the publishers that they're going to be working with you know the independent the times sky for instance so we've got some big names that have Mm. already agreed um to to start publishing through this channel um so uh, yeah a really good move for facebook but it does it does make me think about brands really and where their content's now going to live on the app because people, you know, will turn to their social networks to to get their news and it's at the moment coming into one feed. So if you're moving all of that news content into another feed, where's that branded content? Where does it naturally sit? Should yeah. it sit in your other feed where you're seeing all your friends and family content? Should it fit in news? You know, will they eventually break um, or, or set up another area just for branded content. I, I'm not 100% sure, so definitely one to watch. So do you think almost on the bottom of the Facebook app, you know, where you've got Marketplace, etc., news will become then like a little icon there and you'll click into that feed and that will be all the news feed? Yes, yeah, so well, I'm looking right now actually at, at a, a visual of how this is going to look. 
I see all my icons at the bottom, but it looks like the icons are back at the top and I can see my notifications, my home, um, and I can then see a tab that looks like a document, a set of documents, which looks like it's going to be news. Mm, Okay, well, I mean, what then I kind of also think for branded content, are they then just going to make news an ad placement? So in your ad placements within Facebook, obviously you've got in-stream ads now in kind of video, is news going to become a placement? So you could decide whether you want to, you know, interrupt a news article with your with your ad. Um, and obviously that would allow you, if you were a bit more of an informative kind of business, um, to kind of place where people are actively reading news where they might click through more. Um, mm, maybe I didn't think about that, but obviously if Facebook are launching a new area the the ads will follow oh yeah exactly 100% like they've they've got to see revenue come off the back of this in some way and actually if you look at it from a digital PR perspective Facebook kind of creating this news area um and I think somebody said on the zoom the other day was it like 89% of referral traffic to news sites comes from social media so you know and actually when you then think about it as a wider digital marketing piece a lot of these new sites are affiliates as well so the likes of the daily mail it's stuff so if you do a really good digital pr strategy and get the daily mail to feature your product they're also your affiliate every click that's driven is going to earn the daily mail money they're mm-hmm. going to promote your story over somebody else aren't they so yeah it's really interesting but one to watch i think Right, moving on to Twitter. So I'm on number seven, and this is the first mention of Twitter this month, but Twitter have announced um, a new, I want to say, set of people. Uh, They are called bird watchers, and bird watchers are going to allow um, people, these bird watchers, to identify information in tweets that they believe is misleading, and then they can write a note to provide some informative context around why they think the tweet is misleading. So this is in uh, its first phase of uh, of being a pilot and it's taking place currently on a separate birdwatch site. So as well as being able to rate the helpfulness in their notes, they're, they're, sorry, they're all, as well as being able to write notes, they're also going to be able to rate the helpfulness of notes added by other contributors contributors should I say contributors so the bird watchers can almost then grade each other about how well they're they are bird watching okay um I'm not sure (laughs) if this is going to come over to the to the main app but obviously it's in beta at the moment and they're testing it and um anyone can apply for this so again I'll, I'll, I'll add the the link into the show notes so if you are a keen twitter user and you are also a key you know keen on making sure that um what goes on on twitter is it you know, the, if you're anti-fake news, for instance, then this could be one for you mm. to get involved in. I suppose it feels like almost like a points of view kind of option where you kind of report in. And, and I, I just, I, my only concern is the type of people that it would attract, A, kind of like serial kind of complainers. But then also there is the trolls out there that, you know, although maybe they wouldn't want to do this because it's not as public as when you can be trolling somebody. But yeah, I just would want these people to obviously be vetted so they are kind of like, I suppose, quite wholesome in that what actually when they are going to be reporting the tweet, it's of a, of a justified reason. 
Yeah, they are saying that they are looking for a broad range of bird watchers. I haven't actually gone through to apply myself, but I have sent it to a close pal who absolutely loves Twitter. Um, so if he applies and gets through, I will obviously keep you updated. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and I think I know the person you're talking about, and he would be a great bird watcher, I feel. <laughs> no, we'll name no names. We'll name no names, but I think he would be. Um, so moving swiftly on, but um, moving back to Facebook now, um, and we just wanted to pick up on something um, that Facebook are launching, and, and this could be in the, the wake of the dreaded iOS 14 update, but um, it's an account issues dashboard. So if you've ever had an issue with Facebook before, like I did earlier this month when they decided to kind of just temporarily block our accounts and then at one point permanently delete them, you know, even if you've got Facebook rep, they obviously can't generally help that much. They have to raise a ticket for you. And then if you go through to the support team via live chat, you then sometimes just don't know even who's dealing with you, with, with, dealing with your issue or where that issue is. So I'm going to create this dashboard where you can then kind of see an update of where your ticket is, um, where it's in the queue, where it's being progressed, um, and actually find out some more information. I think this, you know, this is obviously quite useful but I think this just highlights the amount of issues that people have been having with Facebook over the last few months I think on the zoom call earlier this week there was actually about three or four people that had all had issues with either Facebook or Instagram and their accounts being deactivated and activated again and etc so they're obviously going through some issues at the minute and I think this can only be a good thing um, and particularly with you know, with this iOS 14 update coming, we don't know what this is going to do to a lot of people's pages and accounts and stuff like that. So hopefully this will mean getting in touch with Facebook makes that a lot easier. We'll put the link to um, to the Facebook article of this in the show notes so there's some more information about when this is fully coming. I think this is a really good idea, but I also think this would be awesome if they could offer this to brands. Imagine having, you know, a Zendesk style area in Facebook where you could run all your community management. Yeah, like from a customer service point of view. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because I suppose where is your message in the queue almost? Like, so say in the inbox, your number, you know, when sometimes you use um, like a phone line and they're like, you're number nine in the queue, you could at least then know, oh, your number so-and-so in the queue, you're likely to get back within 24 hours or something. Yeah, exactly. An interesting one. Yeah. Well, the text there, I'm sure Facebook will look at rolling that out. So just on number nine and sticking with Facebook, but this is something we kind of um, talked about up ahead with what's coming with iOS 14, but Facebook are going to change their default attribution on all ads. And that's going to change to a seven day click attribution. I think, I do believe you can still toggle back to a 28 day attribution, but I'm not sure about whether you will still be able to do that when the iOS 14 update comes. So we'll look into that a little bit more and report back next month. But just to let you know, if you do see a sudden drop in some of your data in your ad account, that could be because the attribution window has changed from what you were looking at before to only a seven day rather than a 28 day. So one to look out for. What do you think the thinking was behind this, Sally? Why have Facebook done this? Well, yeah, I don't know whether the only thing I can think is, you know, by having a 28 day window, they were aligning to other platforms. I can't can't see that that was a bad thing, personally, particularly because it helped out marketeers and kind of, you know, at least talking from the same hymn sheet. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is, does it show more 
um, data rather than in a seven-day window rather than 28, but you would think a 28-day window would show more. I, I always have to try and think it has to be in Facebook's advantage somehow. I just can't see how it is because no. your seven days is never going to look as good as your 28 days. No, um, but I, I, Facebook never do anything that's not in their own advantage, so seems very bizarre. Yeah. Okay, cool. Get some more info on that one then. Yes. Okay. Um, so number 10, we've tried to sneak in three, haven't we, into our last um, innovation for this month. But just three really quick ones, and they're more just things to watch really coming up. So number one, 10.1, is Facebook have launched a newsletter tool or will be launching a newsletter tool. So a couple of months ago, we announced Facebook email. So a way that brands can use the, the tool, uh, the Facebook platform, sorry, um, to be able to email everybody um, on their page, for instance. They've now announced a newsletter tool, which I'm, I'm presuming is going to allow you to build your newsletters in Facebook. So a little bit like MailChimp, modular emails that you can pull together and send mm. out to your database. I mean, we've kind of discussed from a small business perspective, this is kind of, you know, really, really useful. The fact that they could probably just have one platform that they log into, um, run organic posts from, ads from, and their email campaigns. Then obviously, I mean, let's see what the world of, you know, custom audiences and stuff come iOS 14. But you could then simultaneously have that running into your ads so people have opened and clicked on an email or not opened and clicked on an email and stuff like that. And I think just from a small business point of view, just having one account where you do everything instead of switching between lots of different ones, um, it you know, is really valuable. Yeah, I think this is massive and I can't believe they're not pushing it more really. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, because it all seems a bit hidden. And I find this with a lot of things that Facebook and Instagram have launched, like particularly like Instagram guides, for example. Um, we've done a couple of them for our clients and they look great, but they just don't push them in any way. So they just sit on people's pages. And I don't think users actually know that they're there. Um, I really, I really had to think back when you said about Instagram guides, but I can, I remember now that we talked about that last year, and you're right, I haven't seen any. Yeah, and they are there, like because we've done some. I think I've done some of my business pages and some of my client pages, and they're there, and they look great when you see them, but. I'm just not sure people are stumbling across these things. Um, and, you know, although this will be in the back end, as a small business, how are you going to actually know about this and find it within your Facebook account? Mm. I think there needs to be a little bit more push on some of these things that they launch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so one, my one to watch this month is a, an absolute blast from the past. Um, a who of all who's um, is Bebo is coming back, apparently. Um, so this is something that I saw, we saw on Friday. So only, actually only yesterday. Um, but yeah, apparently, um, I don't really actually had a date. No, so February 2021, Bebo is coming back. They've got on the app as a brand new social network. They're currently in private beta. And again, you have to be invited. So like Clubhouse, if you have got an invite, you'll get a password and you can put that password below to then enter it does say that anything from bebo 1.0 um so all the photos and any data will be lost and are not recoverable so it kind of did a little bit of a, a delve into bebo and and and, it, and its life and obviously it launched in kind of 20, uh, 2005 but then it actually went bankrupt in 2013 but apparently in 2019 um Amazon acquired it. So really interesting to see how Bebo comes back, really. Um, it did kind of 
start to kind of try and come back several times and had like an instant messaging element and a video streaming but I'm not sure what the new Bebo will be like but really interesting in Amazon behind it I imagine this is going to be an e-commerce play for sure. Mm, Yeah I'm just having a quick look myself and I wasn't a Bebo user myself, um, but it looks like you can upload blogs, photos, music, and videos. So yeah. it does definitely sound like almost like MySpace 2.0. Ooh, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I've just got Bebo and BlackBerry phones linked together. So <laughs> just, I don't know. There just all seems to be stuff in the past that does not need to be resurrected. And you know how I feel about an Android phone anyway. So let's not go there. <laughs> Right, so finally, the very, very last one for this month, a uh, very quick one. It uh, is biometric access to WhatsApp. And I know when I put this in our notes, <laughs> we were a bit like, oh, okay. But all this basically means is you're going to be able to use your thumbprint or face recognition to be able to open the WhatsApp app. And I think it was just the word biometric for me. I, I was like, what on earth? What are we going into the medical realm? And then I was like, when I read it underneath, I was like, all right, okay. That's fine. That yeah, pretty straight, pretty straightforward. But um, I th- we met. I think we we've chatted about this before. Um, it's just added extra privacy for your and access to your to your WhatsApp app. So yeah, just just one to watch coming up. I mean, WhatsApp. We talk about it all the time, don't we? WhatsApp Pay and being able to advertise on WhatsApp. It's just such a slow burner. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um. I kind of one of my clients has started directing their ads into WhatsApp um, as they kind of instead of into their website, which they did see some really good traction on. And that that's kind of swiveled back now. So we moved it back to the website. But I think it I think there is something there with WhatsApp. I'm not sure they've quite got it yet. Mm. Okay, well, one to watch for 2020. Oh, no, 2021. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if 2020 actually happened, maybe we'll just merge the two together. It's fine. One to watch this year. Great. Yeah, and on that, on, that, on that note, that's everything for this month, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I feel, think I feel like I might need to lie down because um, I feel February could be an even busy month trying to just implement all of this stuff and keep up to date with it but we will keep you up to date as much as we can obviously keep following our social platforms for the latest information and we'll be back um over on zoom at the end of february and then our podcast will follow that shortly afterwards so if you can't join the zoom then watch out for the podcast because we'll give you everything we've discussed and more over um me and kirsty chatting away Great. Thank you so much, Sally. Really nice to speak to you and I'll see you again next month. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.